0: good morning everyone good morning. hello everybody online watching and those in the in my future who watch on pod or listen on podcast we welcome you today praise the Lord uh, today I have the honor of bringing a third message in our pastoral series on courageous living so how about if we uh, open up in prayer oh, father God we just welcome your spirits presence today to make communication and connection inside of us with your word that father God we would leave this building today as courageous believers, overcoming the uh, discouragement that could come to the body of Christ, that we would not be that way, but those that leave encouraged in Christ. And we thank you for that in Jesus' name. Amen. amen. Praise the Lord. Amen. You know, Pastor Jim had mentioned um, on the very first time he began this series that we, um, we are running our race as believers this side of heaven, and it's going to require us to live courageously. So true, I absolutely agree, I wanted to mention that. Um, So uh, in Courageous Living, my message today addresses the need to know how to overcome discouragement. How to overcome discouragement. It's a common problem that everyone deals with sooner or later. Uh, Now, I'm not a negative doom and gloom guy, uh, but I guarantee you in our lives, uh, we will face issues that will try to bring discouragement to us and in our fill-in-the-blanks, I think that's the first one you have there, we will face issues that try to bring discouragement to us, all of us. And uh, unfortunately, too many pulpits in American churches today preach a a Shangri-La message that's not scriptural, uh, come to Jesus and you'll never have any more problems. Uh, That's wrong. Rather, it tells us in God's Word, in Psalm 34, verse 19, the afflictions of the righteous man are many, but the Lord rescues him out of them all. That's why I put that on your sheet. That's what you want to remember. The Lord rescues us out of them all if our eyes will be on him. That's where our faith belongs. Uh, Father God, though, very important, is not the source of our afflictions. Some do teach that, and that's a horrible thing to teach. It's wrong. It's unscriptural. He's not the one causing our afflictions. He's our only hope of deliverance from them. That's the one we want to remember. Afflictions are attacks of the evil one on our lives to have us give up our faith, to be discouraged, and then blame it all on God. That's always his goal. Um, in the second film, the blank there, the evil one is always after the word of God and our faith. We've got to get that deeply understood inside of us. The evil one is after the word of God that you have in you, and hopefully you're continuing to put in you, and our faith. He's after it. All the evil attacks have this purpose. Get rid of the word, get rid of faith in us. Um, So he wants us to give up the anchor that we have of the word of God and to kill our faith. But he can't touch either of them. We are the ones that have to discard the word of God. We are the ones that have to give up our faith in Jesus through the pressures that come at us. And as long as you are on planet Earth, you will experience that challenge. Um, I remember one time I just loved the scripture when Jesus um, was said that he was praying for Peter in Luke chapter 22. Uh, Peter was about to face incredible discouragement. He gave up on Jesus. I don't know him. <laughs> you are causing your own problems, guy. <laughs> And of course, he was going to have bitter discouragement over, over putting his foot in his mouth again. And uh, Jesus here says in Luke 22 to Peter, but I have prayed for you that your faith will not fail. That is so incredibly cool. You know, when we meet people that are facing great uh, discouragements in life, overwhelming problems, that's one of the greatest prayers you can pray for someone that their faith will not fail. I do. I do. And praying for folks, that their faith would not fail. Now, oh, Lord, make this easier on them. Oh, Father, help them in their... That's just a bunch of religious nonsense. We need to pray for them that their faith will not fail. because that's really all that matters. I can't live your life. You can't live my life. But I can encourage you uh, in the Lord not to give up what really matters, that your faith will not fail. Because I can't do your faith for you. That you have to do for yourself. And uh, the, I, I love what Jesus said there. He said the exact correct thing. And, of course, Peter gets restored. Uh, who did a very dumb thing he gets restored and that's amazing his faith then did not fail Uh, your third fill-in-the-blank for those who are taking those notes the evil one all through the Bible wants people to reject God's Word because of life's circumstances he wants us to put our eyes on the circumstances of life that are overwhelming and get us to reject the Word of God which tells us the opposite and 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 the difference now Don't get me wrong, these are real circumstances, real challenges that come our way. We don't make light of that. It's amazed me of what's happened in people in their lives, how difficult things have been for them and their families. But these are also circumstances we have to remember that are not of the will of God for our lives. They're inconsistent with the covenant that we have in Christ. And uh, they have been used by the enemy for centuries to discourage the body of Christ so that we would not be effective. Because as long as you are here this side of heaven, uh, we live for the praise of his glory, which means I'm to bear fruit in my generation for the kingdom of God, all of us. And the enemy does not want us to bear fruit. And if you can get discouraged, then you don't bear fruit. And that's what the enemy wants, that we are uh, rendered harmless to his dominion of darkness that Jesus has defeated at Calvary. And uh, so it's very important that uh, that's the really end goal He wants his dominion of darkness to take over, not the word of God, not the kingdom of God. There's a saying from a French philosopher in the 1600s. He said, the only thing necessary for evil to triumph is for good people everywhere to do nothing. He was right. That's the only thing necessary for evil to triumph in this world is for us to do nothing. So here we are, Sanctity of Human Life Sunday, Uh, we need to do something. We need to obviously be supporting life in anything we can do. That is an example. So the scripture we just saw here in Psalm 34, here the psalmist sings to us. Notice they didn't say right. These are songs. The psalmist sings to us that these afflictions, many as they may be, the Lord rescues me. He delivers them me from them all. And now we need to sing to ourselves. Don't look at me strange. We need to sing to ourselves. Yep. Singing the word of God, not silly songs, but singing the word of God brings us encouragement. Too many of us sing dopey songs. We need to sing the word of God and bring us ourselves this encouragement. True story, uh, I just thought of this last um, uh, service. I'll repeat it again. There was this uh, pastor, true story. He was from Texas originally, but I think his church was in Oklahoma. And he had a huge congregation, like 5,000 people. He was internationally in demand as a speaker. He fell into an incredibly deep depression and he wanted to die. And uh, so every time he would go on an airplane somewhere to speak, he would hope the airplane would crash. Obviously it didn't crash. And so one day, you know, the Lord just got hold of him and said, "You gotta stop this stuff. I don't know what to do." And the Lord reminded him, long before he became a pastor, he was a song leader in his church. Uh, Some churches call them worship leaders, some song leaders. He was a song leader in his church. So his testimony was he sung himself out of depression. He sung unto the Lord daily and sung himself out of depression. And it never, ever returned. Amen. We need to sing to ourselves. Singing unto the Lord and singing the word of God out of our mouths destroys discouragement. Can't tell you enough how serious that is. Most people won't do that. I do it, do it sing to yourself Sing. have a song on your lips nobody else has to hear you it's okay if you're one of those people that has a, a you know a voice only a mother could love it's all right but god loves it that's all that matters you know i remember one time uh, on that thought just thought of something when i was real little uh, it, it'd be in the roman catholic church and uh, there was this guy who always would be like a couple of pews in front of us nobody could sing worse than this guy i mean nobody but he was he wasn't mentally retarded, he, but he had a very, you could tell he had a very low IQ. And, and, but when he sang, the look on his face, how serious he was that he sang unto the Lord. I'm watching this. And you can see everybody's irritated about this guy singing, that he was loud. And I kind of realized, the Lord loves this guy. The Lord loves that voice. Because it's true and it's sincere. It's not religious phoniness. It was sincere from his heart. And I know that guy must have left with, it with joy in his heart. Amen, you got to learn to sing. Anyway, so we are going to face these issues in life that try to bring us discouragement from time to time. By gosh, there's attacks of sickness. uh, Financial issues are always big. Family issues, uh, even issues that affect us as citizens of our country. They they come as an attack to us. So uh, we have to learn not to let them overwhelm us. And on that thought here, keep in mind, people will disappoint you. People will hurt you. Hang out on planet earth long enough and you will find that people are often the very cause of some of the greatest pain we endure. But in all of this, we can in Christ overcome the discouragement that the evil one would want us to have using them to attack us with discouragement. In Romans, Paul tells us, not even death can separate us from the love of God. That means you win. No matter how or what, we win. In Him, so one of the strongest recommendations I would have for you today is not to receive discouragement. I've got to make it a point that you're not going to let circumstances or people discourage you. And you know it, the title of this series is Courageous Living. Uh, resisting discouragement is creative living. Is courageous living. It's also creative too. It's courageous living. Uh, you're filling the blank here, number four. Uh, refuse to dwell. On those things that bring discouragement as much as you can we need to refuse to dwell on discouragement because the battle here is really in between our two ears what we dwell on really matters Um, what we dwell on we become good or bad positive or negative what we dwell on we become even if you're not a believer what you dwell on you become Uh, I did a sermon I don't know it was last year or the year before, on uh, do you see the problem or to, do you see the solution? So Wednesday night. And uh, we need to be uh, ones that um, uh, resist the problems that bring us discouragement. And we need to overcome that discouragement. Uh, do you see only the solution or do you only see the problem? And that can often make the greatest difference in the world and how we view something and what's going on in between our two ears. As it tells us in Proverbs, as we think, so we are very very important issue here so in philippians chapter 4 we're we're not going to turn there today but i did want to mention paul tells us to dwell on those things that are praiseworthy right in philippians chapter 4 verses 4 to 9 suggest you write that down that should be a a part of your bible you go to often uh paul tells us uh, several things we should dwell on it's a pattern for us to follow to dwell on to bring us comfort and not discouragement um for example, Paul tells us to dwell on things that are noble, dwell on things that are right, pure, lovely, admirable, excellent. You can look it all up there in Philippians. You know, the discouragement can't exist with those thoughts. When you're dwelling on things like that, discouragement can't exist inside of you. Uh, truly, discouragement hates thoughts that dwell on God's goodness to me. It's so very, very important we always remember how good the Lord has been to me. The enemy will never remind you of what the Lord has done for you, but will always remind you of what you don't have. Dwell on what God has done for you, and that will bring encouragement, knowing that he has more in store for us. Isn't it good to know the Lord's not done with us yet? Amen. Glory to God. Amen. And a part of this is a big issue also, is don't hang around discouraging people. I don't understand why people hang around discouraging people. I get it, you can't get rid of the wife or husband, I get it. But, you know, don't hang around discouraging people. Rather, don't judge them, forgive them, but don't let them into your private spiritual world. They will rob you of faith. Don't hang around, uh, as Pastor Walt used to call them, the negatrons. Don't hang around the negatrons, or everything is, is negative. What did, what did Einstein say? Negative people, uh, what did he say? For every for every solution, they have a problem. Good for Einstein. Got to love a guy with that kind of hair. Good for Einstein. Whatever. For every for every solution, they got a problem to give you. Don't hang around those people. Uh, in fact, there's an amazing scripture here that I, I, I wanted to bring to you uh, in the Gospels of what happened to Jesus. Now, this is really cool. In Mark chapter five. Here we have this incident that, that's going to take place, and it starts here in verse 21, when Jesus had crossed over in the boat to the other side a large crowd gathered around him and he stayed uh, by the shor- seashore. And one of the synagogue officials named Jairus came and seen, upon seeing him, fell at his feet and pleaded with him earnestly saying, my little daughter is at the point of death. Please come and lay your hands on her so that she will get well and live. Okay, so obviously Jesus is going to come and raise this girl from the dead. The incident picks up in verse 35. And while he was speaking... People came from the house of the, uh, of the synagogue official saying, your daughter has died. Why bother the teacher any further? Verse 36. But Jesus, overhearing what was being spoken, said to the synagogue official, do not be afraid, only believe. Now, here's the point here in verse 36, my point. It says here, Jesus overhearing what was being spoken. This is very difficult to translate into English from the original Greek. We think it kind of means Jesus overhearing what was spoken. That's not what it means in the original Greek. It means it went over his head. That means he refused to listen to it. How about that? Jesus refused to listen to words of unbelief. He refused to listen to discouragement that's us. Jesus is my model. I'm supposed to follow him. So should I let them go over my head as if my ears couldn't even hear it? Amazing point here. So well-meaning people, you know, can bring you discouragement with their words and rob faith from you. You can't let them do that to you. Uh, When I first... um. I had this uh, sermon topic uh, that i was going to do a scripture immediately came to me uh without thinking about it uh for, and i believe it was for the lord to let you know uh the remedy here uh, there are several but the remedy to overcoming discouragement uh, it's, it's on your sheet there uh is first uh, samuel chapter 30 verse 6 and it says here and david was greatly distressed for the pe- people spoke of stoning him yeah that would get you pretty upset because of the soul of the people was grieved every man for his sons and his daughters But David encouraged himself in the Lord his God. That has to be us. We have to encourage ourselves in the Lord. It is like so important you you can never forget this. You know, because folks, this side of heaven, we have to get tough in Christ. Discouragement is out there to rob you. You have to get tough in Christ. And David here which experiencing some horrible things in life that none of us would probably experience. I don't know about you, but people don't throw spears at you, right? Or me. So, please don't. Uh, he had to encourage himself in the Lord in the midst of all this. That's, that's absolutely amazing. Um, we have to do the same. Don't wait for others to encourage you. You have to do it yourself. And as, as I mentioned here before, singing to ourselves, dwelling on things that are praiseworthy, Uh, are musts for us, for us in encouraging ourselves. I mean, David who wrote so many of the Psalms, I'm sure sang his own songs, his own Psalms and encouraged himself. I'm sure he did. That that would certainly make sense. How would he encourage himself in the Lord? He probably sang. Wow, absolutely amazing here. So yes, God will send people to encourage you. Absolutely he will. But ultimately, this is something we have to do for ourselves. We have to be people who know how to encourage ourselves. So you might ask, well, is there more that I can do? I'm glad you asked. Yes, there is. Uh, And your last, I think, the last fill in the blank here, number five. We encourage ourselves by speaking God's word to ourselves and by prayer. We encourage ourselves by speaking God's word to ourselves and by prayer. Gotta remember something, there's no plan B here. You either do this or you get discouraged or you live in discouragement. This is normal Christian living. We need to speak the word of God to ourselves and and also by prayer. And we need to find scriptures in the Bible that speak the very opposite of the discouragement that's coming against us, so that we own that scripture and not the discouragement. And have it speak to us constantly. Speak it constantly. Let me tell you something, most of the people from last service and this service who are hearing this are not going to do what I said. I know, I'm not stupid. They're not. And yet, they'll be the same people. Pray for me, I'm so discouraged. Uh, where were you on January? Uh, didn't you take notes? Why don't you listen to it again? They won't. Other people want you to live. How can I say this? People will come to you, pray for me, make it all go away. They want you to live vicariously for them, find victory for them instead of doing it for themselves. That's just how a lot of the body of Christ acts for centuries. That's unacceptable. People can carry you for so long, but how long can they carry you? You and I are expected to live for ourselves in Christ and knowing how to encourage ourselves in the Lord, right? You got kids, you tie their shoes. Sooner or later, mom and dad get tough and go, hey kid, you know time, you're gonna go barefoot. Have a good time. They have to learn to do it for themselves. You don't wanna have your child be eternally uh, dependent on you because they won't live their own life for them. Hey, as parents, you're, living your, uh, you're raising your kids to leave. That's the whole point, to equip them to do life, to equip them to be a, have a successful life and to bless the society that they're in because they were your children. Amen. To have them constantly dependent on you. What kind of a parent are you? You want to raise a cripple that can't live on their own. That's horrible. We want to raise our children to be independent of us, not dependent on us. Yes, you're there for advice. And of course, parents, when you have older children, remember, don't say unless they ask. Don't give it, when you give advice, when it's not asked, they don't want to hear it, okay? wait, wait till they ask, then you tell them. But the point here is, we need to uh, be people that uh, know how to walk with the Lord for ourselves. And like I said, I know a lot of people won't do this. But yet, they'll be the same people looking for help. Welcome to the Body of Christ. Uh, so, Speaking the word of God in prayer, let me give you an example. Second Corinthians chapter seven, verse six. But God who comforts the discouraged comforted us by the arrival of Titus. Now, okay, here we see God will send others to encourage us. Yes. But here we also see Father God comforts the discouraged. So what you do then is when feeling discouraged, you go to the scripture and turn it into a prayer. I would go, Lord, your word tells me in 2 Corinthians chapter 7, verse 6, that you are the God who comforts the discouraged. Bring me today your supernatural comfort, your supernatural encouragement for what I'm experiencing. What did I just do? I turn the word of God into prayer and faith believing, not begging, faith believing. That is the normal way we ought to live. When we're doing this, we're acting in faith and we're acting like believers. Uh, faith has a voice. It speaks. did a sermon on that a few years ago. Faith has a voice. It speaks the truth of what I do not see as if it were already so. This is how we live this side of heaven. A lot of it, we live in faith, this side of heaven. Besides speaking uh, the word of God here, as I just mentioned, uh, we're talking here about prayer, the importance of prayer. In Luke chapter 18, verse 1, look what Jesus says. Oh, or it says about Jesus, I'm sorry. Now, he was telling them a parable to show at all times they ought to pray and not become discouraged. Okay, so prayer fights off discouragement from coming into my life. Um, so putting the Word of God into prayer, as I just showed here, mixing it with God's Word, prayer becomes our strongest weapon to overcome discouragement. Singing to yourselves is prayer. And we have to get this because if we don't pray discouragement will overtake us and that ought not be there's too many discouraged people out there that should not happen and regarding the topic of prayer here i wanted to mention uh this is why it's so important that we use a prayer language that we call tongues a praying in the spirit in 1 uh, first corinthians chapter 14 verse 2 i'm using the amplified bible here for the one who speaks in an unknown tongue does not speak to people but to god For no one understands him or catches his meaning, but by the Spirit, he speaks mysteries, secret truths, hidden things. So considering discouragement here, when we pray uh, what my mind does not understand, I'm receiving downloads from heaven to encourage me from within. Can't say enough of the importance of that. For me, my greatest source of encouragement has always been the prayer language of speaking in tongues. Uh, Not a sermon on it today, but if anyone does not and has a desire to, we have people who pray at the end of service. Please come and see them and tell them you have an interest in that. Or if you need to learn more about it, we have booklets you can read on it. But this should be part of our Christian experience where we walk in victory. The Lord doesn't intend for any of us to live a defeated life, but a victorious life. So I said before here, we have to encourage ourselves in the Lord and don't wait for others to encourage you. Okay, but we just saw a scripture, also to mention, that um, Father God sent Titus to encourage the body of Christ. And he did. So we need to see that uh, he does send people, and you and I also should be people he sends to encourage others, to bring encouragement to the discouraged. I mean, my gosh, be around the Christian life long enough, you're going to constantly meet discouraged people. What are you going to do about it? First Samuel chapter 23, verse 17 Here we know Jonathan and David had an immensely close friendship. And Jonathan, Saul's son, set out and went to David at Haresh and encouraged him in God. Hey, so should we. We need to be people who encourage others. Encouraging others by our words, by our prayers, and actions of encouragement. Things to do for them, that's encouraging. Helping them overcome discouragement. We need to be a people of encouragement. You know, today, perhaps as you leave this building, that's one of the greatest takeaways you you should have with you against discouragement is to go out and be an encourager to other people. Because as you do encourage other people, you find yourself encouraged. I don't know about you, but I've experienced that many times. So I believe perhaps the best way to end today our message is uh, what Paul commanded in 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 11, where he says, therefore, encourage one another. And build up one another just as you also are doing. So I think the believer today here inside of himself knows um, we must encourage one another. So let's do that. Let's continue to do that. Let's, you and me, be sons and daughters of encouragement. Amen. Amen. Sounds like a great name for a motorcycle ministry. Sons and daughters of encouragement. Anyway, don't allow discouragement to seize and take the day we live in. Let's pray here. Father God. We thank you, Lord God, that you are the source of our encouragement. Lord God, we um, come against overwhelming discouragement at the body of Christ, at the Church of Grace and Peace. We cast it out in the authority of the name of Jesus. And we speak life to those that are under overwhelming circumstances, that they would find their encouragement in Christ. They would encourage themselves in the Lord. And we, the body of Christ, would be their encouragement. We thank you for this, Father God. For we want to live a victorious Christian life, not a defeated one. We thank you, Lord God, for what's available to us in Christ. And we receive this in Jesus' name. Amen.